You can't steal second with your foot on first. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Picnic Table Society. I'm Joe. We got Aaron and Jeff here. What's up? I can't stand Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's over there. This this thing with Grateful Mike, our introduction, cracks us up. Like you guys can't hear it, but we are in the background just dying every single time we hear that introduction. Gets and, us in the mood, man. Oh, it I'm really bra- does. I'm break dancing with my arms. You are. As yeah, you put yeah, a cough yeah, drop yeah. in so you're yeah, not yeah, coughing. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's funny. All right. So what's up, guys? What do we uh what do we got going on? Listen, so it's been on my mind. Um, has it really? It has. <laughs> Ooh, that's dangerous. So mm-hmm. when I first came into the program, um, I wasn't too bad into debt. Um, I think like I had one credit card, like less than $500. Um, you know, I owed a lawyer a lot of money, still paying on that. Um, but I didn't have too much debt. Um, oh, and one other thing, I had co-signed. On a car for my drug dealer. It was very oh, that, good Aaron, at the time. Aaron, was, that is a fantastic idea. Dude, I, I was golden. But when you get sober and have something like that, it's, it's, it, there's really no point. That's pretty hilarious. So, um, you know, when I came in the program, I, I didn't have any money to my name. I was in a little bit of debt. And, um, you know, my mom had taken care of me a lot. And... uh you know, it was just time, it was suggested to me to not take mom's money anymore. <laughs> Grow so, <you> know, up. <laughs> right, pretty much. And that's exactly actually what I did, Joe, is I grew up in these rooms. Yeah. And, you know, it it was one thing at a time. So I started working and I started paying off this debt. You know, I paid the credit card off. I didn't mess with the car thing. Um, and started paying my lawyer off. And then I was probably about a year sober, and someone in the program actually was telling me he was fixing his credit. And, you know, I heard him talking about it, and I was like, well, well help me. What do I do? So he, he showed me this app, you know, how you can check your credit and everything, and it shows all the negative remarks and all that. And, you know, going from that, I started, I got myself a little credit card, and little by little, Dude, now I have phenomenal credit. Um, you know, just after can you, I can you co-sign a car for me? Absolutely not. <laughs> you have two and a half years sober. Two and a half years sober. So at year two, I took all of my income tax money this year, which was quite a lot because I actually work these days and donated it here. Absolutely not. I, I paid that. Car, I, I settled that car because, um, long story short, the drug dealer was paying for it up until like I was about six months sober, and he stopped. Um, And so it ended up getting repoed and they wanted like, I think eight grand for it and they settled for two. And, uh, you know, today I'm debt free, still paying on the lawyer a little bit though, but debt free uh, as of credit wise. And, and, you know, it, it really, it took a lot of listening to people in these rooms. I mean, talk about, it takes like a whole village to raise this idiot. You know what I mean? Like, especially coming in, I came in in basketball shorts and old t-shirts. You know what I mean? I didn't have no nice shoes. I wore a pair of sandals that's, and all my clothes had cigarette holes in them from burning them and nodding out. And oh yeah, you know what I mean? And so like you get sober and you want to buy those new clothes, you know, you're starting to feel good, but it's one thing at a time. You know what I mean? So I just kind of wanted to talk about finances, maybe where you guys were when you came in and 
So the moral of the story is, do not co-sign for a vehicle for your drug dealer, huh? <laughs> Listen, don't co-sign for anything. That's pretty, that's I wonder why you stop paying. That is fantastic. You got locked up, actually. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. You know, when it comes to me, the, the one phrase that comes to mind is, that when it comes to my finances, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And for me, it was very, very slow. Because, you know, I conned my way into coming to Jacksonville, Florida from Queens, New York, and won, uh, won my way into a woman's heart that I grew up with in New York. That's how you do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it took me uh, three and a half years of being here to actually uh, find recovery. So when I did, you know, we had gotten married and um, everything was in her name. You know, I of had course. never, ever owned a car because I took the bus and, and the train everywhere. I never, ever had a credit card. I never, ever had a bank account. I got paid off the books in all my jobs in New York. So I just used that money and I lived off mommy my whole life. So here I am. I get clean and sober and I'm approaching two years sobriety and I go through a nasty divorce with my son's mother. But thank God for this program, the 12 steps. We're friends today. We co-parent greatly. I've done the step work. I realize. I was a terrible husband in that relationship. However, that wasn't always the case. I blamed her for everything. So when we split up, man, I, I, I didn't have a car. I had no money because I was taking off everything there. You, you know, I was even taking off the Netflix. I was waiting for you to say I was it. taking off the Netflix, <laughs> not, the ne- not the, the Netflix. Netflix. How dare I didn't her. even have anything to watch. <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't watch it or anything. I don't think my phone was compatible with that. I probably had a flip phone at the time. Anyway, that's, funny. that's a different story. So anyway, you know, I had to start feeding myself, basically. And I got a job and things got good. And guess what? I got married again and I made the same kind of mistakes, there right? So it wasn't until about three years ago that I actually got my first car. Because I started actually saving money and doing what my sponsor said. And then not only that, I actually got a credit card with a bank account that I opened. Mm -hmm. You you know, I started becoming responsible. I started growing up and I stopped making the decisions. Any kind of financial, major financial decision that I make today, I run by my sponsor. I'm in the process of going to sell my truck right now. So I run it by my sponsor when I have these ideas or anything like that. And I run it by the guy in the program who sold me the truck. You know, it, it took time for me to learn these things, to, to be independent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, a, it was a little bit of a, it was definitely some learning that had to get done, you know, early on. My, my whole thing, you know, especially with money early on was just the, uh, the impulsiveness because I was a very impulsive person. And so, uh, you know, Aaron brought up like new clothes, just, you know, for an example, right? And my, my whole thing is like, well, you know, let's see, I work all week. I get this paycheck on Friday, Okay. And my, you know, my rent is, let's just say half my paycheck. Okay. Just you know, hypothetically. Right. So then I go ahead and I split, I blow like three quarters of my paycheck on, you know, some new sneaker, you know, just, just that impulsive buying. Yeah. Right. So now I don't have enough money to pay my rent. And it's like, well, oh, well to hell with it. I might as well not pay my rent. I'm not going to pay my cell phone bill. I'm not going to pay my, this. I'm not going to pay that. You know, I'm just going to go. It's like that self-destructive kind of behavior. You know yep. what I mean? And, uh, I don't know. It just took it, you know, it, it really, it took the, the guys that I was, you know, in my network um, to really teach me like how to live and like, you know, what a responsible person does. Cause a responsible person takes their paycheck and budgets out their bills. Right. And you take care of your bills first, then you can go spend money. You know what I mean? And it's not just that. It's also like planning for the future too. Right. Yes. So I had a huge problem with that. Right. And it just took me, I mean, it took me a long time to figure out like, okay, like, you know, I, I can, I can plan for the future. I can set money aside to achieve my goals, you know? And, um, 
you know, I got to a point where I had, um, I, I had this shit job. I couldn't stand it, you know? And, um, again, this was, you know, this is years ago. And again, I didn't have my own car and, and all this kind of stuff. And I had to do the, uh, I had to do the envelope system, man. Mm. I had to take, you know, cause I was, I was getting paid in cash every week sure. back then. And I had to take my, you know, my envelope. I got an envelope for rent. I got an envelope for my, you know, cell phone bills and all this other stuff. And then I got a rent for my car fund. And every single week, I just ground, I just, you know, was on the grind, just, you know, steadily adding money to that envelope. And I eventually accumulated enough to go buy a car. And that's exactly what I did. And, you know, and I learned from that. And now, of course, you know, this is years later. And, you know, I own my own business and I handle all the money you know, for that. And I, you know, make sure everything's taken care of. And, you know, me and my wife, we own a house, we have kids. So there's, you know, daycare costs and there's car payments and a mortgage. And I mean, there's just a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm able to just to deal with all that kind of stuff uh, pretty easily nowadays. But, um, you know, for me, you know, money, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things you just, you just have to, I guess you just have to learn it, man. You know, practice makes perfect. And, well, that may, I, uh, this is an epiphany idea. You guys tell me what you think, right? After Joe was just sharing that about the envelope system. So my job, for those who don't know that may be listening, is I run a, a, the largest clubhouse in Jacksonville, Florida, houses recovery meetings. And on this property, there are three little halfway houses where I could go up to 23 men legally. Okay, I would love to have Joe come in one night for a house meeting and talk to these men about the envelope system. Because let me tell you something. Some of these guys fall behind on rent, but the next thing you know, they're smoking Newport 100. Not the Newport. They, most buying expensive new, cigarette they're out there. Nike buying sneakers, new sneakers. Where you right, go, right, boss, right. and they smell prettier than a stripper at Wacko's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So absolutely. It's, man, I think that's a great idea to have some... Like, I'm being serious, though. Bring no, somebody I, in who used to live here. Yeah. That's where you started yeah. off here. And maybe talk to them about uh, finances. I think that's something we can incorporate No, I here. would love it. And, you know, for anybody out there that's, that's listening um, and they're... You know, you know, money, money's, money's an interesting topic and I could go on and on and on about, you know, just money, like what it is, how it works, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But also one thing that really, really sort of, uh, taught me a lot was I got, you know, eventually, and, you know, maybe somebody that's brand new in in sobriety or recovery can't, you know, quite, you know, there's certain things you have to take care of first, I guess. Right. But I got involved in, in day trading. Okay. It's like a hobby of mine. Okay. I do it, you know, every single day. Okay. And I, I watch the financial markets and I trade, I trade, um, stocks, options, futures, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and for me, it, it really made a huge impact on my life. Okay. Because of the decision-making process that's involved in that. Okay. Because every single day I have to make, I have to analyze risk reward, and make a decision very quickly, okay? And you do that over and over and over and over and over again, just like training for anything, right? You do something repetitively, and yeah. you, you just eventually, it just beca- it starts to become second nature to you, yeah. and you start to be able to get very comfortable doing it. Yeah, and like you start- going to meetings and calling other alcoholics. Yeah, no, you yeah. really do. Seriously. It, it is. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's like, like anything, you know? And so for me, you know, doing that really taught me a whole lot about, about, finance and it taught me a lot about money and 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 how to use it um how to use it appropriately and you know again some of this stuff maybe you know you know maybe you need to 
I don't want to say you need to be sober for a long time in order to do it, but you know, first things first, you know, Absolutely. you take care of, you know, whatever it is you got to do and you learn how to just budget that paycheck every week, you know, but eventually, you know, you can work your way into, uh, you know, how to maybe how to handle leverage, you know, and again, this, this, this podcast is not, is in no way, shape or form going to be like financial advice to anybody, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not saying to go do exactly the things that I do, but, um, there, there are a lot of things that you can do with money if you know how it works and how to appropriately use that to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So, You know, Joe, you brought up a really good point for the future. Um, that's one thing for me. Um, when I was still out there, you know, I'd call mom, just like Jeff. And, mom, my car needs an oil changer. Oh, um, this went out in my car. I need help. I don't have money. You know, that's one of the blessings today that, like, I don't ever have to call my mom for anything because, like, I anticipate, you know, I need to have, in my mind, I I put it this way, like, I need to have at least $500 set to the side at all times because you never know what's going to happen with those damn cars. Like, you never know. It'll be the the smoothest morning going, and then all of a sudden the car won't start. But, you know, I have a sponsee right now that I was actually just yesterday talking to this, talking to her about this. You know, she's still in rehab at the time right now. And she's in a rehab where, um, like, after you go through, like, the detox and you're there for, like, I don't know, 30 days, let's say, you can go and you can get a job. And so, like, they'll drop you off to that job and pick you up and stuff like that. So she's getting some money in. And, you know, I'm like, okay, what, what kind of finances do you have? Like, what, what kind of debt do you owe? Such and such, such and such. She's like, well, I have some student loans and I have a cell phone bill. And, you know, I need to get my car, but it's totaled, but I need to pay it off. And I'm like, okay, well, the car, that's not a, a right now thing. You know, um, the student loans, it's not a right now thing. You know, your insurance is going to be running up on that rehab soon, you know, so you're going to be needing a place to stay. But yet, you know, she's telling me about she's got this hair appointment. Um, I see, I see selfies on Facebook, look at my new shirt, you know, going back to what you guys are saying. So I mentioned that to her, you know, like, Hey, look, listen, they could tell you in two days, Hey, you got two days and you got to leave. You know, you need to at least have money to get a roof over your head. Some of those necessities, you know what I mean? Like we have a bus system here. So yeah, she can take the bus. Hey, that also costs what? I don't know because I'm never taking the bus like what two a dollar two dollars a day something like that. Well, it also sucks. <laughs> oh God! I used to put my uh, second ex-wife's pink bike on the front of the Jacksonville bus here. I nice. wish I had pictures nice. of that. No, nice. you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I got kicked. I got kicked off the bus here. Of yeah, course, well, you we did. just figured that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. It was coming home from work one night. Me and uh, me and a good friend of mine. We uh, we got all, we both worked at the same place, and we story. yeah we both lived here, and uh, we we. It was, uh, oh man, I think our shift was over at nine o'clock at night. And so we both leave the job. We go get on the bus to go back to where we were living. And um, the bus system, see, Jeff Jeff understands this, okay? Mm-hmm. The bus system in Jacksonville, Florida is not like Ugh. it is back home. No. Okay? No. So it, it's, it's slow. Nobody yells at the driver. Nope. Which is crazy. Yeah. And to me, I didn't understand that. So I'm, you know, I, I, I can't remember what happened. I think the bus driver was you know, waiting for somebody to go like the, somebody gets on the bus and the bus drivers here, like they wait for them to go to their seat before they take off and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah. And I'm, you know, I got that attitude and I'm cursing, you know, and I'm like, yo, let's go. Like, let's, I'm cursing. And the bus, bus driver's like, Hey, you can't curse on this bus. 
And I'm like, what the F are you, you know what I mean? And so he kicked me off the bus, you know? But the funny, no, see, Jeff will tell you this. Ba- back home, let a bus driver talk to you like that. The whole bus will start yelling. Oh, yeah, yelling at the bus driver. The shut, bus, up yeah, 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 shut, shut up and drive. Shut up and drive. Yeah. Do your and, job. Right, right, right. And so, but it was funny because he kicked me off or whatever. And so uh, my buddy that was with me. funny then. Oh, no. Did I he mean, get off he, the bus with you? He did. He got off oh, the bus. I that's mean, a good guy. It wasn't like it was terribly far anyway, but it was really, really funny. But anyways, you know, I have a car now, so I don't have to take that, that's, you know, that's my whole point is it sucks now you so you kick, can save your money and put away for that car and do things like now that you can kick your kids out the car yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> well listen i don't know if it happened like this for y'all but you know our obsession of the when we're in a disease for a drink or a drug is so so powerful that you know i've had a lot of jobs in my life like i said a lot were off the book so hypothetically speaking let's just say when i'm when i was out there before i found recovery that um, I had a job making $10 an hour, working 40 hours a week. So that's $400. So each new week, I would say to myself, at the end of the week, I'm going to get $400. That's about $100 to spend on alcohol and probably about $300 I get to save to call my cocaine guy. Oh, thank God, I got an extra 15 hours of overtime. That means I have an extra $150 to spend. I could put $50 towards drinking, $100 towards drugs. Mm -hmm. And that's how my mind worked for years and years and years. Now, when I first get here and I get that paycheck, Oh my God! What I'm thinking? What am I supposed even, to do with it? What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> right, you know, and that's why we go out there and we manic buy and we manic. Yeah, but get that's that impulsive buy. Yeah, yeah. impulsive yeah. buy. Yep. That's why we need each other, though. Another reason, you know. Otherwise, I mean, geez, it's like all we're doing is changing the way we feel at the time. Yeah. in a different way, you know. And you know, you said something, Jeff, that that popped this thought into my head. So another thing that I've told this sponsee is she's so um she got a job at like Dunkin' Donuts for like a little above minimum wage. And I'm like, okay, well, again, you only have the phone. It's like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks a month, and you know, saving to get into a halfway house. That's really all you have to worry about right now. Right. And well, you know, for she's like, Well, it's not enough, it's not enough. I know for me coming in the program, like I've always had these dreams since I was little. I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna be that. I wanted to be a lawyer for the longest time. They make good money, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I came in the rooms, that mentality, like now that I'm sober and I, I'm doing good, like I'm gonna go be this lawyer. Like I need I need to make money. Like I am I've reached my full potential because I have stopped drinking and using drugs. So you guys need to pay me for that full potential. You know, and when the reality of it was, is I got this job as a cashier. That's how I started making, I think, like eight fifty nine dollars an hour, and which was enough to do the get the necessities paid for. Um, and again, like it just as I got more sober, as I kept doing the next right thing, like as I slowed down, if this makes sense, I kept getting rewarded with raises or promotions, mm-hmm. and it came to me like. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it in God's time. You know, what do I look like being 30 days sober making $2,000 every other week? You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous, you know, but in my head, it all made sense when I got sober. You know, it's really interesting. So uh, I had this total terrible job, okay? And I was, you know, a disgruntled employee. I felt I was underpaid and all this kind of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I was, I was, I remember complaining to my sponsor at the time about it. And he told <laughs> me, he said, Joe, you know, your job is to show up on time, do the best job to your ability and stay there for the end of your shift. And then whatever you get paid at the end of the week, consider that to be a gift. Mm. That's what he told me. And it was kind of a hard pill to swallow, but I kind of figured it out after a while. And then especially starting my own business and working for myself and stuff, um, me and another guy, we're, we're business partners. But, you know, just the um, 
the the mentality that I used to have of just chasing money, okay, right. and hustling all day long trying to get that next dollar and that, you know what I mean? I really had to move away from that and 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 figure out that you know what? My job is to do the best job that I can do and create value for myself, create value for my company. The money is a byproduct, okay? That's right. That'll come, okay? I don't even think about it in terms of dollars and cents. It's it's really all about creating value for yourself. And that was that was something I really had to learn. And like I said, practice makes perfect. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people miss, especially when I see other guys go out and start trying to work for themselves and it's always about the money. It's always they're they're always chasing that dollar. They're always you know, who's going to pay me the most amount of cash in my pocket right now? And then you sort of just cater to that and you sort of miss the whole boat. Like, listen, if you're trying to build something, the money will come. OK, absolutely. You really need to focus on doing that quality job, taking care of your customers, being there when you say you're going to communicating with them and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you just you build value for yourself. And that's what the the dollars will come. OK, so it's a really kind of interesting. I, I see a lot of people that kind of struggle with that. You know, and it's funny you brought that up because um, around 630 this morning before a 7 a.m. meeting, I was uh, with me and another gentleman were talking about that. And, uh, you know, back in 2016, I got a job as a carpenter's helper and I loved it. It was about a year and a half I was there. I was making pretty good money. It was like the first real kind of job where I was making good money in recovery. and But I hated it because of the boss, you know, and uh, my soon to be sponsor, my, my sponsor now wasn't my sponsor. Then he told me if you if you still work for him, you got to do what he says and you, you got to be grateful for it and all that other stuff. Right. And I also have to remember that. um you know, when I was out there drugging and using, if I got paid on a Friday, I had zero pennies on Saturday. I had zero. I was that Absolutely. guy who spent it all Friday yeah. night. So everything now is a gift, you know, and if I didn't like that job, I needed to do something else if I wasn't going to put 100% into it. And that's when I started. I said, I want to get my foot into a career in recovery. And I was offered two recovery jobs at two different rehabs. And I took the lesser one making eight seventy five an hour at 39 years old just to be happy. You know, and I remember me and the uh, third ex-wife, we were selling items in our house just to make ends meet. But, you know, we knew that I knew that if I just stuck this out, you know, not made it about the money at the time, that God was going to work it out. And just boom, five years later, you know, by letting God. And there's been plenty of times over the past four years of running this place, I've had to call my sponsor and be like, oh, so that job you were talking about was the one you had right before here. At River Region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 8.75 an hour. No, I remember. And you want to know what? You did good because you built some value for yourself over there. You you handled a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. You got, you learned a whole lot. And you want to know what? Me and another guy that were on the board of directors of this one place, mm-hmm. we knew, you know, Jet, we saw what he was doing over there, and we poached his ass to come on over <laughs> here. No, we yeah. did. We, that's yeah. what happened. Well, that's how yeah. it works. And now you're making yeah. a whole lot more than that. By and, remaining grateful. Bu- and every year you continue to build value for yourself and doing what you're, you know, for you, doing what you do for this place. Now, here's the thing, and this is, you know, I never ever to this day will put money ahead of the care I put into my job. Absolutely. You can't. Ever. No. Because then it becomes about something else. Right. I absolutely consider myself the luckiest man in recovery for the job I have here today. No, that's Love awesome. It. And, you know, I know we're, we're running out of time yeah. here, but, you know, this is a topic that I can go on and on and on for. 
But um, eventually, you know, we and I've already spoken to a few people. We're going to have a podcast, you know, dedicated to being in recovery, but being um, an entrepreneur and starting your own businesses and stuff like that. And I got some really, really great people that are going to come on the show that people that, you know, very successful. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be talking about that. So I think it's it's, it's awesome. Like I said, I can just, you know, finance is really it's a passion of mine. And um, I, I just I really, you know, especially like I said, day trading and stuff like that. And um, I actually took a, you know, years ago, this was when, you know, I think my first daughter was getting ready to be born. I went on to uh, opencourseware.com. They have uh, MIT courses that you could take for free. And I took Finance Theory 1 with Professor Andrew Lowe, and it was absolutely amazing. And I learned a lot. And oh, I just, wow. I'm like a geek like that. They I, have those free courses? Free courses. Oh, Opencourseware.com. I mean, now don't get me wrong. It's MIT. It's a lot of really heavy math. And so I kind of got lost in the weeds a little bit, but I was able to follow along the entire time and learned a whole lot. And I mean, it's just really, really cool stuff. So that's, like I said, it's a topic that really kind of gets that's me awesome. going, you know? But anyways, all right, we're about out of time. You got you got something you want to say, Aaron? I do have one last thing I want to say. I don't know where where it is in the big book. Uh, let's see, maybe chapter five, page fifty eight. We had a new employer, being all powerful. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. You know, when I, that was read to me when I was a newcomer, like. It is exactly what you said, Joe. You know what I mean? Like, it's all about the value of a person, not the value of a dollar. Hmm. And that right there has gotten me through everything the last two and a half years. You know, when I got fired from the job that I always wanted, the money I always wanted, I got fired. I know, how dare they fire Aaron, but they fired (laughs) me. You know, and I had to sit on that for a few months. And then little did I know, people had been watching me and watching my work ethic, and they came up and offered me an even better times a million better opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's also like building wealth. You know, you can have, you can have a boatload of money like hidden under your mattress and not be wealthy. Exactly. So it's interesting. But right. anyway, more about that another time. Yeah, but. I am with this. Can we stop bullshitting and get out of here and go make some money, please? Yeah, I, I, I do have to get to work actually. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.